0: Welcome to Pick Up Your Sticks, where we talk about why gaming matters with your host, Brett Lindley and Walker Near. I'm Walker, and in this episode, we're going to discuss the enjoyable distractions in games. So, Brett, when I'm talking about the enjoyable distractions in games, uh, I, there's really a lot of examples, but um, I think the one that kind of jumps out to me right away is you know character creation um whether that be in like an mmo or a game like sims um have you spent a lot of time messing with with character creation
1: in certain games more time i've spent more time in character creation than i have in the actual game itself (laughs) yeah (laughs) there there no i get it there are a couple i uh probably my most recent was i got into the sims 4 for a little bit and especially the modding community for sims 4 is ridiculously huge in the amount of like people are making money by designing pairs of shoes and like different clothing sets from like more serious like looks like realistic clothing sets to like crazy victorian era type stuff and i remember spending more time looking through and downloading clothing mods for characters that I wanted to make in Sims than actually making those characters. It got really bad.
0: (laughs) Yeah, one of my friend's dad's actually that I didn't even know played games at all, apparently plays the Sims pretty exclusively. And in the Sims four is yeah, spent a lot of time designing content and uploading it and, and sharing it. And it I guess it kind of I don't know that it's as um, in depth as the systems in in Levelhead. Um, kind of a little <laughs> little side road, of course, as I always do. But <laughs> but, but like in Levelhead, you create the levels, and a big part of that is not just that you can create them, but that you can also see how many times people have played them, what the completion rate is, what the amount of time it takes to complete the total game time you've provided for people through right. that level. Um, and I think maybe Sims four has some similar stat tracking. Do you know if that's, um,
1: I mean, you can track how many times people have downloaded your mods and stuff on like the mod websites, depending on, there's Mm. like a couple of primary ones that are super heavily ad driven, but apparently like there's some ad share or some revenue share and stuff in there. Um, and a lot of people have like Patreons and like exclusive paid for type content, Um, so i guess you can kind of track it through there i'm not sure in game though like i guess there is some online sharing stuff i didn't get into that i i didn't care i'm i'm an old school god gamer so i don't give a crap about what other people built i want to make my own stuff (laughs) 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 and i also wasn't like making my own i i kind of wish that i still like had gone down the track of like 3d design because people have made i I read several articles on people who's sustained their entire livelihood off of like fashionable sims clothing and there were some people with some very professional websites that are designing clothing digitally that like is making more money than actual fashion designers from new york or France or whatever (laughs) like it's ridiculous but that's probably my most recent that i've spent like more time in that than
0: yeah. Well, it's interesting. And, and that's why, you know, that's why we kind of labeling it an enjoyable distraction because certainly it's part of the game. So it's not like you're not, you know, playing it, but at the same time, it's not really the full breadth of the game. Yeah. It's not, so, it's not a
1: part of the core loop. Like the core right. loop of the game is supposed to, is intended to be like managing your SIM and then getting a family or a job or a business or whatever. And like interacting with, game Mm -hmm. not just a they but they could probably have just the character creator and that be (laughs) just a whole side game that is so which i mean there are like like quote-unquote dress-up style games and they make a fair amount of money there they exist they're a thing
0: Um, well i told you within the last i mean it was a couple years ago now but i read that the highest grossing game at that time was the kim kardashian Oh, dressed up phone game, yep. and that's <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> that, that is the core gameplay loop of right, that game. Right, right. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting, and and you see it, you know, in so many places. I mean, you look at like, um, like it, at mobas and the skin collecting that goes mm-hmm. on there. I mean, there are people that spend enormous amounts of time, in, and in fact, in Dota two, you know, in in League, I think that the the publisher, developer, whatever Riot, I think they put out all the content, but in dota 2 or in uh team fortress 2 the valve games the community designs a lot of those hats and you know items and whatever that are just cosmetic that people buy and wear
1: right there was also a same thing kind of happened in warframe where it's it's split kind of probably 80 20 but uh there are like yearly competitions for warframe skins and sets and things like and armor pieces and people get in and compete to design for and the winners get a fair chunk of money and like some revenue splitting and stuff and I I remember reading a couple of articles I don't remember if it was like a Kotaku article but uh, a kid who was you know really kind of down on his luck was in between jobs. Wasn't making it very well decided to enter one of these competitions and won, and won enough money to essentially change his life. Like it wasn't enough to live off of forever, but he was able to then start like making a name for himself and getting his name out there and other, you know, drawing people to other types of his, his artwork and stuff like that. So definitely
0: I've spent a fair amount
1: of time on, on fashion frame.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I, like, I remember, you know, I remember when, um, when Skyrim came out and announced DLC and it was one of the first, actually, maybe it was oblivion instead of Skyrim. I don't know. I think it was oblivion actually. Um, Cause it was on 360. but it, they, they released the horse armor oh, yeah. DLC and everyone got so, so mad because why would you, you know, at that point, DLC was kind of a new idea. Paid DLC at least was kind of a newer thing anyway. Right. And then now it's not even like, more playable content in in the generally anticipated well <laughs> i think it's mo. also
1: kind of a conflict in like the mod community where this was essentially a mod that somebody would have made for free
2: um mm-hmm. and
1: and there are a lot of modders who make really extensive content much bigger than horse armor that don't ask for anything or ask for a dollar donation like a patreon type thing
2: mm-hmm. where
1: And this again, you know, like you said, this was kind of in between the era of expansion packs had largely kind of died off. Mm -hmm. Like people did not release uh, a another act of the game, or you know, an expansion that added multiple characters or whatever as a bundle that you would spend like twenty bucks on and get a large amount of content, or at least you know a good chunk of content. And now you were suddenly getting these not quite microtransactions, but not quite you know expansion level content and so i think people were expecting that to be something that would be sustained more by the modding community and and capitalizing on that was kind of i think freaked a lot of people out
0: right yeah i don't know the the i I know that steam at least within the last few years at one point and maybe it's gone back now but I, i know they tried to introduce paid mods for skyrim and it failed within like I don't know, a month or two. yeah I mean, I think I that was actually
1: direct from Bethesda,
0: yes, oh, okay. so it wasn't a valve no. idea, no. okay. but well we'll note on the console, though, on the console, when Fallout four came out, I think there's paid mods through that. yeah, like,
1: there's you've... there's that was their whole I don't remember the creation club. Yeah, that was the creation club, yeah, and that was for like Skyrim and Fallout, but it kind of fell apart real quick, so oh, okay, it's not, I think it may still be a thing, but there's probably the same six things that were (laughs) (laughs) there when they tried to push that out, and none of them are as good as really any of the free stuff that you can go get on like Nexus mods or whatever,
0: right? Well, and then, like, um, you know like we said you know you see it as skin collections in in various games where they be mobas or whatever um but really i would say the first place that i was introduced to character creation would be you know kind of the the first example i gave which would be like an MMO, um which is interesting because you get a really wide range like you know and it's not just based on age like star wars galaxies i think came out in 03 maybe 04 yeah and it had really good character customization with like, you know, height, height sliders, weight sliders, every different facial part or whatever sliders and uh, a variety of races. So you really got to, to really create your own character. Um, And that's an old game, but then other games from that same era, like, you know, EverQuest is a little bit older, but EverQuest, wow, Dark Age of Camelot, those games, character creation is really, truly terrible, <laughs> uh, as far as options that you would get. Right. Um, which so is kind you of played... surprising.
1: Like, so, I mean, I didn't, I didn't get into, you know, wow or, you know, EverQuest or even really any of the others, but I do remember spending a ridiculous amount of time in a uh, city of villains, mm. um, which was an expansion for city of heroes. Uh, that was 2005, 2006 era, and yep. then um also champions on i think it's champions online was the, se- yeah. the the main sequel okay um i spent just especially in champions and i bought a lot of the expansion pack part packs that they had but they were like mm-hmm. it would be like cyborg parts pack and it was it wasn't just like skins it was like hands left arm right arm left hand right hand like left leg right leg left foot left you know and uh, right. wings and then just decorative pieces like necklaces uh, eye gear face gear jaws and the amount of customer or customization you had you could take like i want if you had all the packs you could take like well let me get a robot metal lower jaw on a dragon head with fairy wings and a pirate hook and you know and you could just add all of these things together and make sometimes an amalgamation sometimes you could do and make something really cool i think i definitely had one that was like half insect half robot you know and and may and then it just in character creation you started building like the the background of the character like okay now that i've got this insect robot thing but as you're building it you're like oh if he had this kind of background or maybe he'd have this kind of power set because all of that stuff was stuff that you got like the next step of character creation was like class and power set and things but it started to kind of dictate where i may play you know a, a tank class when i normally wouldn't just because it fits the look and style of that hero that i just made you know
0: Right. Well, I think a big difference that I appreciate in those games, but I think a big difference is that, you know, in most of the other MMOs, the way that your character looks is based on the gear that they find and the gear that they find is based on the content that they can complete. Um, whereas I think that those superhero based MMOs were different in that, obviously you're, there's still an item, itemization scheme to it, if you want to call it that, Um but you you you're collecting stuff that you're not wearing like a ring or a bell whatever you know that doesn't show up or a skill
1: book or something
0: kind of a a or like skill shards
1: even would just be these Mm -hmm. like ethereal essences that become part of your character i see there was a lot of i mean i did a a lot of similar collecting kind of branches out of, of character creation itself into uh like but like you said into more of that item collecting type thing is uh i did a lot of that in diablo 3 um yeah i I did a lot of especially when they introduced the ability for you to like copy any to transmog right to, to copy any look from any item onto any other item or even make them invisible like paint them invisible i did a lot of that with like helmets i didn't want i didn't like my characters wearing helmets so i just make them invisible but of course i want the stats you know and, sure. and I would buy all of the dyes and color coordinate stuff and make things, you know, I, you know if I want an all pink Power Ranger Demon Hunter, then that's what I'm going to go for.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I actually did a similar thing in Diablo three and actually not that it will convince you to play. But in modern WoW, um, they actually have that same transmog system. So there's actually a, a pretty significant community in World of Warcraft, and it's a, actually one of the ways that people um, will will try and build capital in the game is there's this whole transmog community where people want to create these very specific outfits, but you have to farm the the helmet from the level 20 dungeon and then you've got to farm the shoulders from the level 40 dungeon and right. so on and so forth I,
1: that was part of the thing that i think it strangely aggravated me at the time about uh, the friend that i had that played a lot of wow is he was more into that part of the community which it like i guess that didn't really bother me because i mean i like to customize my characters and things but he was upset there just the amount of gear like he had a whole separate app like a program mm-hmm. that showed where each piece of gear dropped and he could load mm-hmm. the skin up and look at it in 360 view. And he was like, should it go with this sort or this sort? And I was like, I don't care, but yeah. it, I didn't care because I didn't play the game.
0: Uh, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would, I would say that I, I definitely have dabbled in, in that stuff as well. Um, you know, I've got another buddy that, that plays games with me and he, does not care at all what any of it looks like. Like we played arc together and discovered after a long time of playing arc, that there's actually a paintbrush and that you can paint and a spray painter and you can paint walls and doors and everything. Um, and so I just went nuts in our house, just like putting different in that arc house, right, <laughs> putting right. colors in different places. Uh, and he was not impressed by that. He was like, <laughs> He was like, this is hideous. And I was like, well, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying different colors. You you got to put three
1: swatches up first, you know. Yeah. Or
0: like in Terraria, um, I definitely, you know, we built a big floating kind of city. So that way, or not city, but house, whatever you want to call it, town, because there's so many NPCs. Right. Uh, But it was hovering off the ground. So that way enemies couldn't just walk into it. And there wasn't that problem. And so I went, once you unlock hard mode, those crystals start appearing everywhere. Yep. And so I went and collected a bunch of those crystals and like on literally every square of our, you know, several hundred wide <laughs> uh, house, there was a little crystal hanging off the bottom of it, which I thought looked really cool because it's like a permanent Christmas lighthouse, right? Uh, but it might be called obnoxious <laughs> by other people. Well, I mean,
1: has the paintbrush and stuff too, and you can paint over yes. literally any block. And I spent a lot of time picking different paints for rooms and and seeing how it would look like with the different textured, like, oh, if I use an obsidian brick with a red paint, I can get this maroon, like,
0: Oh, man, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And that is is not getting me any closer. I still never beat the Moon Lord. And I have a friend who has, like, beaten the Moon Lord, like, 30 times. And he's like, how have you never beaten it? I'm like, I don't know. I always get stuck once I unlock hard mode and I get, like, the painter and the mechanic. All I want to do is make a fun base (laughs) right
0: traps and pretty things. things right yep no agreed agreed um but you're so you you have a
1: friend who goes by some of the older memes of like i don't care if i have a bucket on my head and a wooden shield and purple pants and a green shirt as long as it all has the best stats that it's all that matters
0: yeah i guess And, (laughs) and, and and i can understand it to some point um i don't know i guess it it to some extent i think that it's um Maybe also a product for me, at least, of like, maybe I'm getting a little bored of the gore gameplay loop, so now I can dive in and and get lost in doing that. I mean, I remember in Terraria, you know, making a treasure room that had gold brick, and that's where we (laughs) put our treasure chests where we store the money and the gems. And and then then, then you have
1: like your regular wooden chests, which have just blocks, and then like gold chests that have like decent stuff, and then the really shiny rare chests that you can't craft, those have all your legendary loot in them
0: right exactly and then and then like you can you can place uh you can make gold bars and place oh, them yep. as like a household item so I, we made a vault right so there's gold bar and none of that matters no. none of it matters but but, it,
1: but I, I mean i also think it does and i think of course again this still te- we we keep teetering on the uh the loot box and charging for stuff discussion but i think a lot <laughs> of that stuff does matter i think that looking cool while you go fight enemies is, is important. I think it's important to have that in the same way that, you know, a lot of movies try to make you connect to the main character in some way. I think that's a, a way that you can connect to your character in the game is how they look. And yeah. and how your house looks and how your base looks and how and even though these things technically don't matter to the core game loop, they obviously matter to a bunch of people because people like you and me spend time playing with it and, and we engage on that level. And so I think that there is some, I think it's an underrated expression in gaming is how things look.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and I, I'm definitely guilty of, of even though I, you know, openly admit, obviously as I've been doing uh, participating in these things, I'm someone that will be like, you know, in other conversations, be like, "I don't care if it's a triangle that shoots a circle at a rectangle. As if it's super fun mechanically, that's all that matters." And I do think that there is some um, truth to that. However, like, there's a game, and I, this is kind of just turning into a graphics conversation, but <laughs> <laughs> but like, there's a game, uh, Geometry Wars I Three that I have on PC. I was going to bring that one up, and it's a shmup, right? Right, and and it is actually shooting triangles at circles and rec you know, I mean yep. it literally is geometry wars. <laughs> so but it is incra- in insanely vibrant colors, incredibly um just the the motion of it is all really fast. You're you're flying around on these like 3D shapes. So instead of just being like a flat 2D screen, you're flying around on a sphere. Well, it is still definitely
1: like even though it is circles and triangles and stuff, the game is really heavily juiced to the point where like everything has particle effects and bright flashing Mm -hmm. colors, and there's there's super subtle screen shake that you don't even notice. But without it, the game feels very flat, and suddenly you just have this little screen bob, and it feels alive. It feels more impactful,
0: and Yeah, no, I would agree with that. And that's what I was going to say is, I mean, that's a game that mechanically none of that could be present and it would all still play the same mechanically. Right. But I'm, you know, probably like 60% of the reason I play that game, if not more, is because I just love how it looks. And it's got music that kind of ties in with things that will happen in the game. And I think that's great. So, um, so yeah, that's fair. Um. I don't know, just, you know, another place that I, another game I've spent a lot of time playing in this last year is uh, Factorio. And in Factorio, you eventually can unlock these little logistics robots that will go and build stuff for you or retrieve stuff out of, I guess there's construction and logistic bots. right? right. They'll build or they'll retrieve items and move items around the base, you know, based on parameters that you set up. And yeah, like you can, <laughs> there's a, a point you can reach where you can just drag a box over like a forest and say remove and then 500 robots will come and clean those 500 blocks all simultaneously i don't know it's pretty it's, it's pretty enjoyable uh, to watch no i, I lo- <laughs>
1: and it's it's enjoyable for the same reason that like literally owning an ant colony or in the video game world playing SimAnt is fun like it's it's fun to watch little critters go do simple tasks in some kind of chaotic, but organized way.
0: Yeah. There's a newer game I played recently called surviving Mars. And that was actually how I ended up describing its appeal. Cause it's a fun, like kind of colony survival builder kind of game. Um, but I think there's just a lot of ant farm appeal to it because you same thing, you've got a little bunch of little robots that drive everywhere. You can grab effectively dump trucks and just set them on routes where they'll go pick up something and unload it somewhere else. So, you know, there's like a a mechanic where when you mine it generates waste rock. So then you have the dump truck go pick up the waste rock and then Drive it back and drop it off at the waste rock processing facility, and I don't know. Just watching the whole thing kind of unfold. Nope, that's <laughs> the same together. thing. I've
1: been playing uh, Factory Town, as we've kind of mentioned a couple times. Th- I've mm-hmm. talked to you a couple times about, and it's the same thing. It is. It is a really it's it's in between a cement and a factorio. It's got the the belts and things, but it also has these cute little like meeple characters that bounce around and it's it's still a, it's a pretty game but a lot of the art is very simple but it's still just most of the fun in that game for me is just watching like zooming all the way out and watching this kind of chaotic motion of all these carts and people driving and running around everything everywhere to build things and it's just i don't know it's really fun to just sit there and watch it i mean kind of like you had mentioned in in our our discussion on starcraft it can be really fun to just sit there and watch battles play out and and you just take take your guys a move them over there and then just watch the battle watch them shoot each other and slice each other up it's
0: right yeah uh th- yeah i was gonna say i mean there's definitely things in games that i that are <laughs> distractions for me that are detrimental to my success <laughs> at the game such as what you just described with starcraft um i actually started playing starcraft 2 ladder within the last few days just to to mess around with it again and Yeah, I still have that problem. I mean, I'm aware of it, so I try to not do it. But you can. It's always fun to watch a Colossus cook a line of (laughs) of Zerglings or Marines or Workers. Like it's always fun.
1: I think it's even worse in the Dawn of War games because they like it was part of their. Like interviews and announcements and hype announcements and stuff was how many different death animations there were for the different enemies interacting with each other. So mm-hmm. like every enemy interacted with every other unit in like ten different ways. So sometimes you know your dreadnought would lift up a marine and like squish him in its hand, and sometimes he'd cook him with a flamethrower, and it was all the same melee attack, just like vict- like finishing moves almost. But yeah, I'd sit there and watch all these little dudes run up and stab each other and shoot each other was way more entertaining than focusing on my base and making sure that I was building enough to survive. Like
0: <laughs> I love it when games will put in really gory death animations for the player. Um, like the, the, the easiest example or the first example that comes to my mind is a game series called dead space. That's like a, a third person horror kind of, series kind of like resident evil right um uh, because it's based in in space but anyway in that like if you would die it would just turn into the most horrific little gore cutscene where they like rip your arms off and dismember you entirely right in front of the camera and as the <laughs> player you're just like oh my god and then it's really just a reload your last save kind of situation right. you know, but
1: i think was it in am i misremembering this i maybe um i could have been part of a dream it's hard to tell the difference sometimes it, in doom 2016 <laughs> if you fell yep. in lava he oh. did the like thumbs up terminator thing really like, I'm pretty sh- i'm like i want to say that if you jumped into the la- lot there's like one level where if you die in lava you see like your thumb go up as the screen is like going to black and you die
0: all right so here's a here's a me story so <laughs> I watched Terminator two at a very early age, okay. like under five. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. Um, and remembered that scene where that you're talking about where Arnold's going down and, you know, gives a thumbs up as he's disintegrating or whatever. So when I was, a, again, not you know, three or four, I don't know exactly how old, but basically that age, um, my mom and I lived in a different town for, because she had an internship for nine months for school. So for that nine months, we lived in in Little Rock, Arkansas, and there's a river and a park somewhere there. I don't know the Arkansas river, I would guess, but I I don't actually know for sure. Anyway, um, me and this other little kid were playing and we were playing over by the riverbank and my mom was hanging out in the park. I think she was reading or something while I was playing. And so this kid was standing on um, this rock and he was, it was right next to the shore and he was pretending to like fish. And so I said, I wanted to fish too. <laughs> and he said, well, you have to stand on the rock. But what I didn't pay attention to is that he had one foot on the rock and one foot on the shore. Well, I did not do that and just stepped on the rock. Well, the rock is mossy and wet. So it's slick. So I fall off of it and fall in the water but I've never swam or anything. So I don't know what to do. (laughs) So I think I'm drowning. Now I probably, I, it's probably like the little John scene in, um, um, now I Robin hood men in tights. I don't know if you remember that where little, little John falls in a Creek. That's like four inches deep. And he's like, Oh, I'm drowning. And they're like, just stand. (laughs) It might've been that scene, but in my three-year-old mind, it It was the Mississippi river. Correct. <laughs> but it's, it's like the Nile. Right. Like it's it's real bad. There's piranha. So, <laughs> so, so I'm thrashing around and and whatever. And, and some adult sees us and and comes running over. And as I realize that this man is getting ready to grab me out of the water, I stop thrashing around and sit upright and then do the thumbs up thing and let myself. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then was rescued and then was uh terrified of that part <laughs> for the rest of my time in Little Rock. Fair enough. So, anyway, that might not have been worth telling, but uh, <laughs> there we have it. I once also imitated the arms <laughs> with thumbs up thing in a moment of trauma. Well, and so. so I mean,
1: I guess it does that does bring a couple other things in Doom 2016 was like the reason that I want like the little collectible Doom guy figures, mm-hmm. I wanted those not to complete the collection, but to complete the collection of me seeing all of the animations. Mm. So, like, when you get one, he'll, like, pick it up and look at it, and it'll play, like, the old original theme song, and he'll, like, twist its little fist and fist bump it, And then like put it in his backpack or throw it off screen or whatever. And there's like different ones and each one he'll like play with it for a second. Like play with the little arms and legs and do some funny thing with it. And it's like that. I just, I wanted them not for any bonus or for completion rate or anything like that. I just wanted to see all of the little animations that were in there.
0: Right. Yeah, you know, actually what you were talking about much earlier so i'm kind of yet again jumping around but when you were talking about the sims and and people making items to sell or whatever i mean i think you kind of have to mention second life at that point right because that's kind of a whole game about like i don't even know what the core gameplay loop of second life was other than what we are currently (laughs) labeling as distractions it was a chat room essentially it
1: was a it was an online avatar chat room i think later people ended up coding in like you could buy plots of land and then you could either build buildings on it or whatever and all of those things were made out of other people's assets and i believe people eventually got to the point where they built like mini games and stuff where you could have like a laser tag arena or whatever and you could charge in-game currency for players to visit it and to do things with it and stuff and i think there was there was all sorts of exchange rates and stuff going on. I believe it it still exists. I looked around recently to try and find some stuff on it and I, I found a couple of places where people were chatting about some new price hike or something having to do with how much land you could get or whatever. And I didn't dig too deep into it. But yeah, I mean there's also like the IMVU is, is along that line where it's or VR chat where mm. a, a lot of the there's not it's not a quote unquote game, it's a virtual space. I, I probably wouldn't, I mean, it's not that there's a huge distinction, but I would probably right. label those more virtual spaces than games.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you still, you see it just in every genre. I mean, the, the, the looter shooter games like destiny and, and like, you brought up warframe um, even the division Anthem, which is kind of uh, not recovered still since its launch, but in, in terms of popularity, but that's what a lot of those games are too is He's all these little aesthetic things to make yourself look cool. Right. Um, I mean, it's, I don't know. Yeah.
1: It, it brings up. So one of the things that I kind of kind of realized just talking about like VR chat rooms and stuff. So we had mentioned in there, our mobile games episode about uh, parallel kingdoms or PK. Mm-hmm. And I actually spent a large amount of my time, not a decent amount of my time, not a large amount. Most of my time was raiding and, and actually playing the game, but there was a good chunk of time like at home waiting for things to can't, like finish building or whatever. And I would mm-hmm. just hang out in the chat rooms cause it had an internal chat room. And I met somebody in game that, you know, like we got along became pretty decent friends, like just chit chatting and stuff eventually decided to trade like Facebook information, right? Like we were good enough mm-hmm. friends with each other, we're, Like chatted for a year. Like I'm not going to, we're not going to kill each other or anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I wasn't looking for a date And so like, sure, you know, whatever. And, and I think that was also around the time where we were both kind of thinking about quitting the game and we're like, well, we'd like to keep chatting. So we traded Facebook information and come to find out they were the little sister of a good friend of mine who just happened to live in like little sister. She was like 25 or something, but like, like the younger sister of a really close friend of mine whom I'd already known for like 10 years. And it was just this really weird coincidence of like, like we traded Facebook information and my friend immediately hits me up. and I'm like, how do you know my little sister? I'm like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> well, <laughs> funny story. I didn't know it was your little sister. We both play a crappy mobile game together and talk in a chat room. <laughs> like... <laughs> That's funny. So yeah, I mean, there was a good amount of time uh, in that game spent doing not that game thing. I mean, I'm sure a lot of games with chats. I mean, there's a lot of time that I would spend in Warframe chat in the just like Warframe help where it was just like people asking questions and I would sit there and answer just as many questions as I can just to some semblance of like giving back to the community or again, waiting for things to finish cooking or building or whatever.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I know that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever really participated in, in helping people in game in online games like that. I mean, I'm sure I've answered a question before, but of course, but like, like I know I've played a lot of MMOs where you can designate yourself as like a newbie helper. And so then they can search like slash who newbie helper. It's not literally called that, but whatever it's called. And then, you know, ask those people questions. I've, I've never opted in, into that at all. Um, but that does that that makes that's a that's a reasonable thing to spend your time doing. Yeah, I mean, there's, a, I mean,
1: and again, it's not like it was all that I would do, but it was kind of oh, a, a downtime it. and it was a way to meet like especially I think I did it a lot in Warframe when I was like looking for a clan or something. I would spend time watching like I would like if i was interested in a clan and i was willing to apply i would also review their clan and i would like put their members in a list and look and see where are they chatting are they helping people are they being nice in general chat or is it just memes and crap posting you know like Mm -hmm. and so i would i would do things like that and so i don't know it's just as much an example of like because again especially in like an mmo or something if you're interacting with those people you want to not end up in the the Tinder date from hell <laughs> scenario <laughs> of of trying to you know locate a a player you know through an app or something you've got to kind of vet people and see you know what is this clan what do they believe in
0: you know yeah. so yeah yeah no I would say actually the most I've ever spent time helping people is <laughs> which is not very much time is probably in Diablo three uh, I usually will will play the new seasons when they come out and then I'll get power leveled. And then after I get to, you know, powerful enough to do power leveling myself, then I will jump back in those communities and, and offer people runs um, and power level people. But it takes, you know, less than half an hour uh, to get them all the way to max level. For sure. And most of the time, those people do try and add me as a friend afterwards because, you know, I was nice to your point. Like, I'm nice and I'm, we helped, I helped them and whatever. But I always feel too too guilty to decline their friend request in the moment and so i accept it and then like a day later i'd remove them from my friends list see i just
1: wait a few it. days and then just reject like three days later because they'll oh, nice. forget by then who i was because no i mean i in a game like diablo 3 like my friends list is people that I actually know in the real world or have like clans in other games. Like I've played with them in mm-hmm. two or three different games and I'm like, okay, I'll add that person. But no, right. for the most part, like I do get it like just cause, and I get that. I understand like, Oh, you're cool. I'll add you as a friend. Like you were nice to me. But then it's like, I don't want that, you know, just cause we played for 20 minutes doesn't mean that you're cool. Like, right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. 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 Um, I should have asked this question 20 minutes ago when you were actually talking about it, but, but I meant to, I meant to ask in the champions online oh, okay. city of heroes discussion w- when you were talking about the character creation, because like you were describing, you know, you can, you could pick a, 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 met- a metallic robotic fist for the right hand and then an insect claw for the left hand yeah. or, or a normal human hand or whatever. Right. Um, Did that actually have any effect on, the gameplay like if you had the metal fist did you get power punch but if you got the insect claw, and you got death swipe or you know what i'm no, saying I'm I, I mean name, the but...
1: the animation sets were all pretty i'm trying to remember i think there were this may have been later in the game or i could be thinking of a different game there were animation sets that you mm. could pick for certain abilities and it would be like you could pick like the insect fighting pack and it would have like melee one melee two ranged one range two like things like that but the the aesthetics of your character did not carry over any in-game function like i said the second step of character creation was picking like your main power set so like right. are you Toxic damage? Are you, you know, ice damage or fire damage or whatever? And then you pick, like, are you a brawler? Are you a ranged hero? Are you a sniper? Are you a healer? Like, and so depending on the different sets, instead, then you would get your moves based on the combination of the different power sets you would have. And they would, you know, the animations would end up kind of being the same. So you wouldn't get like a different animation just because you had a certain body part. But I, I think you could pick up animation sets it's a long time ago since i played and they had a lot of content downloaded for it so mm-hmm. i don't even know what
0: all packs well i think there's I also like a dc universe online there or is something? i didn't play through one. that
1: one um there's a couple other superhero creator genre type games that that did come mm-hmm. out but didn't tend to go there's like marvel alliance and a few others a lot of them were either based on specific heroes uh tended to make a little bit more money than create your own type character stuff um but a lot of them function in the same way where you, if you pick like melee brawler then your movesets are all going to be like dash punches and things like that it doesn't really matter what's on your hand when you're dashing across the screen and into right. melee with something um right, at least right. from that kind of standpoint
0: yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, one of the places that I've have been kind of surprised um at the whole like aesthetic thing <laughs> was in in Hearthstone. Um in Hearthstone, you can you can get gold cards that are yep. the same as far as their effect, but yeah, they've got that gold border and and the actual art has like a tiny little amount of I guess you would call it animation. It's not it's not like a like a GIF or something where it like plays at a high speed, but it, it kind of has like a like almost like a hologram. It's almost like a MySpace
1: background, glitter, and like a maybe the water looks like it's swirling in the background, of yeah, the or something. Yeah, or
0: like what if like what if there was like a psychedelic involved, and then you looked at the right? Card? Like it's kind of that almost effect, um, kind of a
1: kaleidoscope background hologram.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're almost as 3d, but it, it's not, it's still the same right. 2D image. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, I mean, they look cool, but I mean, I guess, you know, they, they, they look, they look different enough from the standard cards, which you see all the time that it's like, okay, I, you know, that, that, that's neat looking, I guess, but they are significantly more expensive to craft and, and much more rare to obtain and there's not actually a difference in power with them. So, you know, it's not like I deleted them if I got them myself opening them, but I certainly wasn't spending my resources, which ultimately is, you know, time or money, I guess, on, on just trying to get the gold cards. Um, but a lot of people do. I read an article actually with a guy who, and this was back in 2014 when the game was relatively new. I have no idea <laughs> if this is still around, but... He was actually working on on getting every gold card, like every game in the every card in the game. I should say he wanted to have the gold version of. Wow. And so he had spent upwards at that point of like twenty five thousand oh, dollars on card. And in the interview, they were like, and it was you know Kotaku or PC Gamer or something. They were like, you know, don't you think that's a problem <laughs> to <laughs> spend that much money? And what he said was, he said, I'll put it this way the job that I have pays me very well and I can spend, I can buy just about anything that I want to, you know, within some reason, I guess. And my bank account always goes up every month, like month over month, I'm still just making more than I'm spending. So I guess it's a problem except that it's not for me personally. Right. Uh, and, And he was like, and you know, a lot of people that I work with that are my peers, at least income wise, you know their hobbies are sports cars or you know speedboats. Oh yeah, uh, and
1: you can spend a thousand dollars a month easy building a hot rod. You know.
0: Oh yeah, well that's well that was his point. You can, I mean, those things are like hundred thousand dollar endeavor. So he's actually on the cheap end at twenty five, and I was like, I, I mean, fair enough. I you know do what you want to do, but that's just that's shocking, right? To me, I, guess. I I just
1: wish that I could have half as much free liquid income. <laughs>
0: i I just don't i mean i don't even think if i was like if i literally hit the lottery and then was 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 just set and could could spend twenty five thousand on hearthstone cards and and maybe it doesn't you know is not noticeable to my lifestyle in any way i just don't care enough like it just would it would just feel bad yeah like i don't know i don't know but to each his own i guess yeah
1: i mean (laughs) (laughs) i get it i understand the draw i mean That was a very similar thing when we were playing uh, Magic back in the day. It's Magic cards is getting the foil cards. They would have the holographic Mm. foil paper on them and having even just, again, they don't function any differently. They just look shiny and having foil cards or having a foil deck would be like, you know, it's a sense of pride and it's a way to show off and,
0: Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. I don't know. I almost kind of like it when, and i guess it's a double edged sword though cuz i was on the one hand i kind of like it when a really cool thing is tied to a an in game accomplishment um like in in like world of warcraft for example if you're in the top i don't know 5% or something of of players in, in an arena season which arenas they're like highly competitive pvp right. game mode um Then you get the arena champions set of armor for that season at the end of the year. And the only way to get it is to be one of the top performers. Right. So on the one hand, I think that's pretty cool because you can see one of those guys in town and immediately recognize, right. Right. Because that's the only way to get it. On the other hand, I have never and never will have a set of that armor because I'm not good enough to be in the top 5% of arena players, you know? Um, it's
1: a lot worse. Like I, no, no. I and I, I do get that there's that feeling of being excluded from being able to do that thing or get that thing or whatever. Um, different, like a lot of games do, like founders packs or whatever that come mm-hmm. with certain skins and things. And on the one hand, it's like, yeah, I it sucks that I can't attain that thing. There was, however, a game where I did obtain a lot of. Supposedly exclusive gear that eventually then became available for microtransactions, like they mm-hmm. so and and that was with Robocraft, actually. there was a lot of mm-hmm. exclusive kit that I got for being a very early member for buying full versions of the game, even though it was like like pay per month style and spending a lot of money on in game coins and credits and stuff. I put a decent chunk of cash into that game. Uh, when I thought it was good. And eventually, Mm -hmm. all of that stuff became, that was supposedly exclusive, there were a lot of back and forth questions of, is it there was, you know, some pay to win stuff because people were saying that this ex- these exclusive gears, even though they had like one HP, so they were immediately shot off or whatever, people were mm-hmm. finding ways of using them as armor or to make connections that like strengthen their robot in a certain way that other parts wouldn't. So eventually they said, fine, we'll just make it available for everybody as a microtransaction. But at that point, I was like, hey, I still paid more for this. Like I Mm. I earned this and these other people are getting it for a dollar. I had to spend, you know, a hundred dollars over the course of six months to get all of the things that I did like a year ago to get, be accredited with this because I supported the game when it was about to fail, you know, like, It eventually failed anyway, but I digress.
0: (laughs) Right. But I I get
1: that where it's like, it it cheapens it, where it's like, this used to be exclusive. And now, I mean, Warframe has an exclusive Excalibur skin that literally is only available to people that played when it was like first releasing or whatever. And nobody, there's no other way to get it. It's just if you played during that time, you had it. And otherwise, you can't get it. And, Hmm. There's been a whole bunch of people have asked for it to go on sale because they would spend a lot of money, and I'm sure they would probably profit off of it, but they've they've stayed pretty you know stalwart in their their ideology of it's not for sale. it was an exclusive thing and we're not going to cheapen it and I can respect yeah. that on the one hand. I can also say on the other that it's like, yeah, I still want to own that cool thing
0: so right, yeah, warframe is a really interesting game and I, I know you'd mentioned it earlier, but Warframe's core gameplay loop almost is exactly what we are talking about. I mean it's it, that's not fair. It, it's core meta gameplay right. loop I should say. Um is is almost this because there's not really a you know in World of Warcraft you have to level from 1 to whatever the max level is and then you have to do the the low level dungeons to get the gear from there and then that equips you to be able to go to the heroic dungeons right. and then that equips you to be able to go to the tier 1 raid and then you can raid harder and harder. But with every new tier of dungeon that you do comes a new uh, tier of gear that makes you more powerful. And it is excru- and- It is just
1: better. It is objectively better gear.
0: Correct. Right. But it doesn't change the way that you play your character. Right. Usually, like, uh, there might be some rare examples where it does in the later expansions. But generally, and maybe and if it does, it, like, adds a, a new ability. Right. It's just mostly so. stat bumps correct it's mostly all passive stuff but in warframe really you're i mean the grind i mean obviously there's the mods and making your your character powerful but a lot of the grind is just basically unlocking a new class like unlocking a totally different way to play right. that same game right or
1: even just like because there's not really an objective best gun or best Mm -hmm. suit or best class they're all very different and do different things and work differently with other players and so you can if you it's more along the lines it's actually one of the very few games that i've played successfully in my usual game style of use what you like instead of what's good um because there are a lot mm-hmm. of games that I play very suboptimally. Uh, we spoke about this with Magic. And uh, also in every tabletop gaming experience ever. Uh, that I definitely do not play. I don't net deck. I don't play with what's good. I don't like go to the internet and say this is the best tournament team. I'm like, oh, this thing looks cool. And this thing looks cool. And this thing looks cool. I want those. And in Warframe, you can take... A, there are a couple of like... Definitely like there's kind of tiers of guns, but there's only a few. There's like a couple of the starter weapons just are bad and are better. There are better versions. And then there are like prime versions of guns, which are the same gun, but a little bit better. But for the most part, there's, it's all kind of, most of the items are in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. And on, the very good, the, the quote-unquote very good stuff only really applies to certain play styles if you choose to play that way and make it a certain way. But almost any gun, if you put the right mods or enhancements on it, you can make into a really, really powerful weapon. And you can... Kind of prestige that gun over and over to unlock more item slots for it, and and then your even your item slots you can prestige those to make them more and more powerful until you have you know a very small pistol that's dealing ridiculous damage. And if you like that gun and you like the playstyle that that gun provides with whatever Warframe you have, then you know sky's the limit. You can make that be a very effective way to play. And I did that where I, I finally found a secondary weapon that I loved and i definitely held on to that through ev- through every frame and iteration and everything i that was my top tier gun was actually a secondary hmm. pistol hmm. so that's pretty cool though. yeah and that was really that was awesome i love that i could do that and that i didn't have to trade that thing out now i did trade it out occasionally because there's like a secondary mechanic of every weapon you get like mastery and gives you a mastery point and those mastery mm-hmm. points that allow you to get a higher level character basically that's the only way to level up but i would always after i was done mastering something i would just go back to my you know i wouldn't spend the time making that gun awesome unless i really liked
0: it right so i'm going to ask you a, another warframe specific question but and i don't know if you would actually mess with this or not but isn't there a warframe now where you're like a you're like a dj warframe yeah like you- no
1: that's octavia
0: yeah, so have you messed with that So I
1: messed with her a little bit. Um, She's really interesting and has, like, so there is kind of a, a music mechanic. You get a music wheel that you can, like, write your own songs in or play other people's songs, or there's, like, some default songs. Um, and she's got a lot of, like, all of her abilities. There's, like, four layers to the wheel, and, of course, she has four abilities. And each one basically starts up that section of the song. So you've got like mm. a bass line, a melody line, uh like a hi-hat line, and then like a harmony line or whatever. And okay. each of her four abilities. So if you have all four abilities active, it's the full song that plays. Um I played with her a little bit. I didn't really like for one, I didn't like hearing the same song over and over again and didn't feel like mm. going and trading it out all the time. I also didn't like people that memed with her and would just play like I, I probably now would be something like Baby Shark or whatever, right?
0: Where oh like people my. would, or like
1: Rick Astley, and just like hearing that same loop, especially in some missions like survival missions where you're going to be in there twenty minutes or so, um, hearing the same, and you don't get that much room. I do you get like sixteen bars or something, eight bars, something like that, and so mm. there's not a whole. You get like a ten to 20 second loop of a song that just plays over and over and over again i got kind of sick of it and she's a really cool character looks really awesome but not my favorite warframe
0: so uh, just to continue down this entirely tangent road here um (laughs) in the coolest version i've seen of integrating a, a, a character that's supposed to play music into a game I would say, well, maybe not the coolest, but in an MMO at least, is uh, actually Project Gorgon. Um, Okay,
1: this is which is that MMO that you play?
0: Yeah, that weird little indie MMO that's (laughs) intentionally a throwback to 2001 games. Right. Um. So in it, there's some different instruments you can play, like the drums, you can play guitar, you can play a harp. Uh, there's like a horn. I think there's a flute. I don't know. There might be a couple others, but either way, there's a few different instruments and it's the same thing when you play it, you know, you get like for the guitar, you get like 10, 10 tracks. And each one of them is only probably, you know, probably a 10 second loop at most, but instead of it being a, like a full, I don't know what to call it, a full song, um, in that 10 seconds or trying to really hit like a whole, like a really complicated melody. It'll just be like a really simple melody. And then if someone else comes up with the drums and and then they use one of their music abilities, it will also be a simple melody that actually blends with the guitar melody that you're playing. That's super awesome. So it's cool because you'll get like a group of people standing in town playing different instruments or even playing the same instrument because like the number one song or ability on the guitar is different of course from the other nine so you could play a guitar that's number one i could play guitar that's number three and then someone else could show up with a horn and it actually all makes this like harmonious song that just gets more and more epic as more people join that's really awesome yeah it is It's, it's really cool now of course it's only one one ultimate song that you're building right um And you don't actually have any control over it. You're not choosing. Well, everybody, it is
1: another one of those little ways to participate in a game that's, you know, outside of the core loop.
0: It is. And like in that game, it's actually got a cool mechanic where, you know, you can garden. And if you play music for the plants while you're growing them, (laughs) you can harvest more. But there's only certain parts of the game world, like very specific areas, where you can do the gardening. So it kind of forces everyone together. Oh,
1: so then so what you end up having
0: music for it? Yeah, as you have a bunch of people standing around planting stuff, and then while it's growing, they're playing music together. That's and, a really you
1: know, strange stuff. way of enticing community. I know, like a bunch of people will be gardening, and if you're gardening, there's going to be other people playing music, and that makes your
0: life better, and. Well, and you don't have to equip anything to garden. So you can equip the oh, guitar nice. while you're gardening and then or the drums or whatever and then just plant your thing and then garden. And then you have to wait like 10 seconds and then you have to water it and then wait ten seconds and then fertilize it and then you harvest it after another ten seconds. But yes, yeah, so you've got a few different opportunities to play and uh, it is, yeah, it is a strange sense of community that that makes the world feel more alive
1: well it adds and really, that
0: depth of story
1: right that's that that's yeah. a user-created story where that's an, another way that you can meet people and because you're in the same area for a length of time you could also be in chat while you're playing music mm-hmm. and gardening and and people tend to congregate there so kind of like we talked another game you know where where people congregate and where there is some downtime you know people will chat and that's that social side
0: right yeah, that's you know, it's it's unfair to say that crafting in MMOs um, isn't part of the game because especially in some MMOs, I mean, you know, you look at like an Albion Online or something like that, or like an Eve Online. Everything in the game is from crafting, right? right? So, so certainly it's it's a, a huge part of it. But in in a lot of MMOs, like WoW, for example, um, crafting is really only useful in a couple of, of key places, like if you want potions or if you want to put in on your gear to improve your gear slightly or whatever, right. then those crafting skills. But like, if you make leather armor and wow, there's not really an in game point to that because all of the best leather armor comes from drops, you know, drops, right. Or, or rewards from PVP right. or something, but not crafted. Um, however, uh, that's actually the, probably the most social um group of people <laughs> to put it broadly in, in an mmo that i've ever encountered is is the people that craft because there actually isn't a lot to do as far as playing the game usually you're kind of looking at a bar watching it fill up clicking a button right. watching right go, go watch
1: to run. a cook station click cook select what you want cook 99 of them and then wait
0: right hang out while it happens mm. exactly and so you you have a lot of downtime. <laughs> so you end up, do just kind of chatting and talking with people. Um And yeah, you know, I think that really what all of this ultimately serves is, at least for me, the thing that I chase, you know, w- with all games is, is that level of immersion and that level of like being bought into the experience. And, and like you said, with that Project Gorgon example, I talked about, or whether it's something that's, just because you want to look cool, like you had said, you know, with some of the other skin type stuff that you see in games, it ultimately serves to just add another layer of immersion. And I think that's maybe the most powerful thing that a game can do. I
1: definitely look for like two of those types of skills that will draw me into most games are cooking and potion crafting. Especially if I can, like, I always try to exploit it not necessarily in like a game-breaking way, but in a way of like the two classes that I want to play the most that are so underrepresented. One I mean very seriously is underrepresented, where I feel like it shouldn't be, which is an alchemist slash artificer. The other, which is unrepresented but is totally a joke for me, is like the battle chef. But like, <laughs> like I want to get like a pot for a helmet and a and a like a frying pan or a skillet for a melee weapon who goes around cooking awesome food and fighting people. But <laughs> but there are some games that do it really well and and some that are like just so close to having everything that I want. I know uh, especially like Terraria I think probably has some of the best potion crafting in just about any game that I've ever played because the potions are useful and mm-hmm. They naturally tear up. So like you will naturally get better potions or the ability to make better potions just by exploring further in the world. So like, and it it's not overcomplicated. You don't have to put things in. Like, I really don't like Minecraft's potion crafting, right? Especially because there's no in-game journal to like there's no sense of discovery of what works and what doesn't to remember that, right? At least in like Mm -hmm. Skyrim if you identify a quality of a plant, like every plant has four qualities and you can identify all through a four through experimentation, but it's remembered, right? Like the mm-hmm. game tells you. Terraria is even more straightforward. It's just a recipe and it instantly crafts as soon as you have the requirements or are at the right place. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, 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 it definitely, it also like it tears up in the sense that like all of the potions are still useful the only ones that have like better versions of themselves are like health potions and mana potions right but like a night vision potion is always going to be useful until you have some other form of light and even then it may help to not have to have an equipment slot filled with a floating orb to just have a night potion in your inventory and right potion and, and then as far as like but yeah, I always want an know, al- the only thing that Terraria is missing is there's not a lot of good, like, battle potions. There are in a few mods, but, like, I also want to take that to the level of, can I craft only potions as my main way of progressing through the game? So can I have, like, a potion that I throw that bursts into fire, or freezes an enemy, or poisons them, or whatever, and not just have that stop being useful at the early game, but have more advanced versions of that down the line? Yeah,
0: it- it's surprising that, that no game has done that and just replaced the wizard with the alchemist right. and then give them all the same spell effects and everything, except it's done via potion. It's interesting though because you're you the thing is is that I, artificing is like jewel crafting, right, or right? making like jewelry making stuff,
1: steampunk robots or armor or a lot of other there's usually some sense of like trying to construct artificial life but any kind of steam mm. gadget anything steampunk is very artificer related um but it can also be crafting magic wands or spell staves or mm. magic books or whatever it can also kind of fall oh, okay. under that as well
0: gotcha okay so yeah, in in most games where I've seen those skills, like they, there are a lot of MMOs that have both of those skills in right. them. However, they are for you know positive boons only. So to your point, there is no fire potion that you throw at the enemy, right? Um, and the the thing about Terraria potions that's really cool is also that you know you said they were useful, but but beyond useful, like. That change the way that you can play. Like in Terraria, so much of your time is spent looking for ore. But once you can get the spelunker potion, you can just dig a shaft right. all the way from the surface to hell. Drink a spelunker potion, fall down the shaft, and then open your map up and look and see yep. where, <laughs> where everything up. was. Yep. Yeah. And so it just it it dramatically changes it. Whereas in like in a game like WoW, which I, I pick on WoW a lot, but hey, <laughs> okay. number one MMO, right. so that's what that's they what get. get. Um. In WoW, you have it is required that you have potions. Like you need what they call a flask, which is a potion that lasts, I think, one to two hours, and it persists through death. Um, And then you, and then you also have what they call battle potions, which have like you know ten or twenty minute durations. Um, But all of them are just passive stat bumps. All of them are just two hundred extra strength and four hundred extra health. And 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 while you it's it's required for most raid guilds if you're going to raid with them they insist that you have those those potions because you need to min-max your character that much right. to be successful in the raid but you don't it's not like when i go out and kill mobs in the field without those potions i feel way less powerful than i did in the Well raid. And also like it also doesn't do that. have
1: that like it doesn't give an interesting feel to the character it doesn't mm-hmm. it's just a background thing and we're at least in like terraria like it takes a lot to craft some of these potions and it, it and again you build your own quests so if i want water breathing potion i need water leaf which comes from the desert which means i have to bring water to the desert because they only bloom if it's raining or if they get wet so you have to like dump a bucket of water out so they'll bloom and then you harvest them to get the seeds and bring those back but now you need pots which means you need clay and like it starts building all of these mechanics on top of themselves so you have basically your own series of quests that you make for yourself find clay find water leaf find whatever other resources you need that then lead you to being able to make the water you know breathing potions so that you can go farm in the ocean or whatever Mm -hmm. and i think the one of the only other games that i really enjoyed which actually was cooking for a not stat boost reason again in the same way a lot of a lot of games treat cooking in the same way that they treat potions which is just passive stat mm-hmm. boosts and health regen mm-hmm. um one game that didn't have it did have that but did other stuff on top of it was actually fallout 4 um because you needed like glue was one of the resources that you would need to build a lot of the mods for your guns or to build mm-hmm. anything a lot of the things in the game required glue and glue was a resource that you could get from like you could find it in the world as like duct tape or super glue or whatever i think tape was actually a separate resource but anyway you could find it in the world like an elmer's glue would be worth one unit of glue and a super glue would be worth like four units or whatever right Mm -hmm. but you could also make glue out of like you could get like starch, which you could get from like corn, and then you could make a paste and mix it with water and a couple of other ingredients and actually cook quote unquote glue. So it was like in between chemistry slash alchemy and cooking is you could make like a starch based glue and then use that to you know upgrade your guns or oh. whatever, which I always thought was really cool. Like that was just that a cool. small touch of this thing that you, if you didn't have glue, you could make your own if you had a good self-sustaining colony where you had extra food and the extra resources available you would have to like get you know dirty water and purify it and then use purified water with corn and or you could get starch from like corn or tomatoes and then like Mm -hmm. mix it together and you could there is some little recipe that you learn to, to get the glue out of it but i always thought that was that was a really fun way of like making cooking and interesting because there's a lot of things that cooking is a very fine line it's just edible chemistry, and there's a lot of interesting things that you can make in edible chemistry that are useful for other things
0: so right, hmm. yeah, that is interesting yeah it it also makes me think you know I recently uh after we recorded our Diablo episode <laughs> I went and started playing Diablo Two again, and um something that you encounter at least in normal mode at the beginning of the game is. There's little fire potions and little poison oh, potions yeah, that yeah. you can pick up and throw. And I remember when I played it way back in the day, thinking that that would just be something that's always there. But it, it's not. It, it's kind of a weird inclusion for the game because it it doesn't go anywhere. Right, they're like, really no only skill. useful in
1: the first act.
0: Right. And even then, it's kind of a pain because you have to equip them in your weapon slot, so you either have to equip them in like the second weapon slot and swap back and forth, right. and you only get like you know less than twenty at a time, so they don't last that long. Um, and I
1: don't remember them so being yeah. effective like like that powerful either. They're they're kind of minuscule amounts of damage that get outclassed pretty quick.
0: Right. Well, yeah. To your point, they're good in Act right. One because everything there dies so quick. But yeah, pretty shortly after that, it's kind of a waste of time that you. I don't know. I don't know where it fits in. Um, but it would have been interesting if they would have found a way to incorporate
1: Well, and especially that in something, I just always feel like it, it would fit in so many games of having a craftable, consumable weapon resource. Like a lot of players, I mean, even in like Diablo 2, like javelins and bow and arrows, it gets to a point where you really shouldn't have to buy more arrows. Like they're so mm-hmm. cheap that you, and they all get magically imbued anyway, why have arrows as a resource? But if you had more powerful arrows that cost more resources to make or were more expensive to to have that would make more sense and that's where like a potion crafter would come in because you would need more rare resources and more of them to craft better potions that would use to go farm more resources and there's your game loop you know
0: yeah yeah i would say the coolest uh the coolest arrow implementation i've ever seen in a game actually would be in dark age of camelot because in dark age you had cloth armor, you had leather armor, you had studded leather armor, you had chainmail, and then you had plate mail. And each one of those armor types is susceptible to, in a different way, to crushing, slashing, or, or piercing damage. So you could actually, the arrows that you would create if you were an archer, and, and they all had to be you know crafted largely, um, came from... Or excuse me, either had a a crush head, a a, th- a piercing oh, okay, damage yeah, head, yeah. or a slashing damage. So based on the type of enemy that you might be fighting, so if I'm an archer and I see a wizard run out and he's got a a cloth robe on, well I'm going to shoot him with a slashing arrow. Right. But if a if a guy runs out in plate mail, well now I want to use the crushing arrow right. instead. So you have to you know switch it out. And then eventually we got to a point where we had like these these legendary type gloves. And with those gloves, you could summon arrows that flew farther than any other gear arrow in the game. So it's like a range buff. Oh, nice. But it's like a 20-minute cooldown on summoning the arrows. So you kind of had to to manage that. Or there was another arrow I think we could summon that, like, did more damage to doors in, like, towers and keeps. Because there was a lot of siege gameplay in Dark right. Age. So you could show up as an archer and, and actually knock a door down with... Oh, that'd be be, be special arrows or whatever. Yeah, it was it was it was really cool, but I've never seen any other game even approach doing that stuff. And to your point, it is does just always feel incredibly tedious to have this this almost ammo capacity thing, except that no one else has that. Right. (laughs) Like the rogue can swing his dagger a thousand times and his arm doesn't get tired, but I can only carry 30 arrows. Like, get out of here
1: get out
0: of here it's it's a difficult
1: balance to to get that right in a lot of games especially like said if it's only one class that has it like there's a lot of games that do some forms of ammo crafting but a lot of times it just it kind of falls flat it's it's Mm -hmm. hard to get right
0: yeah i know that project gorgon actually has a class called battle yeah there is there
1: well in a lot of games and even in that one because i did look into that one a bit you can make some pretty awesome battle potions like i'll give project Mm. Gorgon that That I just didn't, again, MMOs really don't strike me very well, so it's hard for me to keep in it. But it did have quite a bit of that kind of mechanic in there. But another place where Artificer and Alchemist almost always typically fall is more or less a summoner. Like So Alchemists Mm. usually end up with some kind of Golem summon, um, and Artificers usually end up with some kind of Robot summon. And then it becomes Mm. managing the pets. You become you know the the summoner class and it's like i'm that's fine but i prefer you know like like the battle chemist getting in there with the you know the the actual concoctions and compounds and throwing them or using them to create useful effects instead of just oh well i'm gonna manage a pet now and my pet is just a tank dps unit and so now i might as well just be a tank right or even a lot of artificers right. sometimes instead of summoning a robot you summon robot armor and then you're iron man and now you're a tank right. and it's like i don't want to be a tank i want to be a dps that makes cool guns and stuff
0: <laughs> right right yeah in gorgon uh gorgon is an incredibly um time-consuming game and so you, you you know in most MMOs you just pick what class you want to be up front, but in Gorgon that's not true. You have to discover the class basically, right. and meet and a lot of times prerequisites. So like to be the battle chemist, you have to have the alchemy skill at a pretty high level, which is a crafting right. skill. So you would have had to have spent quite a bit of time prior to that making money or farming resources or whatever it is just to get the alchemy skill. And then you could look into battle chemistry, but I think there's even some other requirements beyond just alcohol. Well, and it started, so so
1: I actually went straight for trying to pursue that class. And even in like Mm -hmm. the starter island, there was if you researched mushrooms enough by picking mushrooms and collecting them, uh, you could eventually Mm -hmm. find a poison like potion flask recipe that you could make and it was decent for the area and so you could use it and then not too long after you could find a more enhanced version of that same potion Mm -hmm. and it was useful outside of the starter island and you could start down that path of being able to start researching it it was just i I do love i love a lot of the systems in project gorgon i wish i could kind of sink deeper into it i don't know why i can't but it you're kind of like Terraria. You kind of gave yourself quests in the fact that, like, well, in your way to working up to battle Chemist, you also had to have a really high like herbology skill, which meant you had to know research a lot of funguses and collect a lot of funguses, research a lot of herbs, collect a lot of herbs, probably get into gardening to grow specific things. And so you have naturally progressed down this kind of naturism path but then you also have to progress down the cooking and manufacturing side of learning the recipes and making the potions and stuff and so you it kind of ties those classes together naturally in this kind of self identified progression system that you can discover as you play the game instead of just picking it as a class right
0: yeah that makes sense
1: so another game that i i kind of wanted to get into a little bit of in the whole like telling its own story slash outside of the normal game mechanics that I spent a fair bit of time uh just tweaking and playing around in don't know about you was uh the XCOM series. Oh yeah. Tons of time yeah, sure. making characters mm-hmm. and getting really mad or sad or having a breakdown if my like hero sniper died like That's just a reload. That's not going to happen. No,
0: like, (laughs) (laughs) uh, yeah, no, I, I've definitely done that and gone through so many different versions. Like sometimes when I play XCOM, I give them apparel based on their rank. So all of the lieutenants have this chess piece and all of the sergeants have this chess piece. And then sometimes I do it based on, you know, just based on class. So if you're the sniper, then you'll get this regardless of what right. rank you are and if you're the you know um so yeah oh absolutely i think that's i mean yeah that's one of the more fun parts of xcom honestly <laughs> is or and maybe maybe more fun isn't right maybe it's just one of the really strong immersion building exactly. things though is yeah. that it it builds so much connection with your team and you can rename them you can also i never actually did this but you can upload a a file into the configuration or whatever uh, folder so that it will pull uh, whatever it creates random characters for you to recruit, it'll pull from that list oh, of names. Yeah, that you generated. yeah, yeah. So you can put like all your friends yep. in there, or famous people, or whatever you want to do. But um, well, and
1: you, there was it, it, maybe it was I don't know if it was the this XCOM two or whatever because mm-hmm. um, it was re released right
0: the the what like so
1: enemy within is XCOM two.
0: No, no, that's XCOM. 1. There's XCOM and there's XCOM because there's like um, the
1: old series of games from like the '90s slash early 2000s, and then there's kind yes, of the re-release those, of the games,
0: right? And so there's the there's the old school ones, and I think and those are like XCOM UFO Invasion, okay, or I don't know, some, right, something right. like that. And the new one is XCOM Enemy Unknown, there we go. and then there's Enemy, Within. and then yeah, which was like its expansion. Right. And then XCOM 2 is okay. a separate, yes. is the newest one that I, came out.
1: I don't know if it was in Enemy Unknown or if it was in XCOM 2, where you could also modify like their faces, like like full character mm. customization, and you could alter like their face structure and stuff, and make them look wow. and like give them hats and things. Yeah, definitely. I think that's two. yeah, I think it is too as well. I definitely made like a Ninja Turtle squad. Where, like, <laughs> nice. like, give them all color coordinated. You know, each one has a very right. specific role and weapons, and right. they were my ninja turtles. And they're unlike right. Casey was the like the scout slash hacker <laughs> because because he had to have like a five man squad and there's four ninja turtles, so you know. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I get Splinter in there, you know, have him eh, run you around, you know, maybe. <laughs> um, you know, I would agree with that. Though I would agree with XCOM being very much in that in that vein where that's a huge part I and mean, well and just like the design of your base i mean yeah there's some efficiency to it right. because based on what you have next to what else there's little bonuses to get but i don't know i just i i can sit in XCOM and just watch that stupid little base operate and watch it's just the people walk around get on the like, exercise yep. bike and yeah exactly did you ever play oxygen not included i have not yet it's really hard, so I don't play it. That's, that's basically <laughs> but, why I haven't
1: picked it up, is because it is a, a very brutal... There's only so much banished yeah. that I can have in a lifetime. And,
0: well, and, it's more like... I mean, it, it literally is, what if the Don't Starve guys made a colony right. simulator, and, and that's what they did. Don't Starve is
1: hard
0: enough. <laughs> right. But in Oxygen Not Included, man, it can catch you that with that, too, because like to generate power, you put the little people on a hamster wheel, and then they sprint on it and you can watch that i don't know it's (laughs) it's super easy to get caught up in fallout uh, shelter was was somewhere Mm -hmm. where i would watch the
1: little guys go go into the rooms and like little guy and the girl would sneak behind a curtain and like little hearts would come out of it it's like oh man that's hilarious
0: (laughs) you nasty little Fallout people (laughs) but they had like little exercise
1: bikes and punching bags and stuff right little Mr. Handies flying around
0: before they were really <laughs> microtransaction to all get out. Right. Right. You yeah, know, it was, uh, uh, yeah, I, I love watching little, like you said, ant farm. It is. is, it, it is, is like in those games, just
1: ant farm simulator, but with some other, a lot of, a lot of the like restaurant style games, which end up mm-hmm. being really way more engrossing than they should be are kind of the same way where you're like, customers come in and you don't get to control the customers but you can control like the waiters and the cooks and the kitchen and like uh, you want to upgrade all the things to get happy customers that'll buy more and you can stock your restaurant with all these different types of food and it really doesn't matter but you end up wanting to go oh well you know i should pair the steak with the red wine and you know and Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter you could sell water coffee and protein shakes with you know you know, steak and tilapia and that nobody cares. But right. you end up wanting to theme it and that becomes this sort of engaging, immersive type thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, probably the ear- some of the earliest examples of that kind of game would be like a Sim City. But for me, I would say actually the, the, the strongest memory I have associated with what we're talking about where it's like getting lost in, in kind of the aesthetic of something uh, would probably be like Theme Park. Did you ever play the Theme Park game way back in the day? I don't think I played Theme Park, but I did play Roller Coaster Tycoon. So Roller Coaster Tycoon and Theme Park, I've played both. They're they're different in that Roller Coaster Tycoon has a strong emphasis on designing roller coasters and rides. And and that's kind of... I mean, I remember playing that in school and just loving yeah. being able to, to play with, with that. Theme Park, you don't design rides at all. You simply you're literally just creating a theme park. So you're, you're buying the concession stands and you're buying like the Filter World.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you might, there might be a roller coaster, but it's just a pre right. It's just thing this. Roller you coaster. Set. Yeah. Correct. Um, but similar kind of thing where, cause you're, you're laying out the path and you're laying out, you know, you choose where little bushes go and benches for people to sit and where's the drink stand and where's the food and you know, all where are the bathrooms? I don't know. Just all that kind of stuff. Uh, and yeah, really <laughs> a lot of ant farm time in that game, just watching the people walk in and do the different rides and then get mad. And- well, and it's, there is a lot of like, so
1: I, I, one of the reasons that I picked up Factory Town is because I watched a YouTuber play, you know, several episodes of it to the point where I basically got frustrated and I was like, no, I want to do it. Let me do it. And so, you know, they can't <laughs> backseat game a YouTube video. I've got to go buy the game myself. Um, <laughs> but, but one of the things that he was doing that I was like, I can see, like, unfortunately, I usually get caught up in for something like that, like the core gameplay or just watching the little things run around that I, I forget this part. But he was very much so into the beautification aspect. And like, he needed to have one of his workers gather water for a farm. And, Mm. Me, I put, like, I plonk a well down behind the farm so that the worker can stand at the well and without walking anywhere, deliver it directly into the farm and just swap back and forth between turning 90 degrees between well and farm, right? Mm Because I need that optimization. But he was like, oh, yeah, well, we'll (laughs) just make, like, you can make, like, bridges and different supports and stuff because it's a, you know, it's a very 3D-style version of, like, a Factorio, um, but a lot mm-hmm. of the game is being able to build up and down. So there's different supports and wood and stone and stuff. So he made like these little wooden supports and made a little dock out into the the lake and then put like a bench and a lamp post and a little flower garden and stuff. And then his little guy could walk to the edge, edge of the lake and gather water and bring it back to the farm. And it, it just looked, but it served zero gameplay purpose and like all of those decorative pieces cost resources that could be much better spent on, you know, optimizing the core loops of the game but i was like that actually looks really cool and my game is not going to look that awesome because i'm not going to spend that time there but (laughs) but i can see where (laughs) it's like that and like his bridges had to lift up and go over and come down even though he could have built a a straight bridge across a path like he was spending the extra time to make it look really cool and And that sort of stuff is awesome. And there are times when I play even a roller coaster tycoon, I probably played it more along the lines of, you know, making the other game that you were talking about. Theme theme park, park. thank you. I, I, there were, if I made a roller coaster, it was usually to launch people to their untimely deaths. (laughs) um but i would more it had pre-made roller coasters in there that you could use too and i would use those more often than not because i actually liked i preferred the theme park aspect of just the concession stands and having the little like like guy in a panda costume like dancing around and having the different you know little workers and stuff that you could put in there and janitors and stuff like that was so there's I don't know, in some games, it's it's whatever the main loop is, if I can subvert it, that's usually what I end up doing. And <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, there's another there's another theme park building game that's out. That's been out for a year or two now that's super super popular. Do you have I any know idea what I'm talking you're talking about?
1: about? And it's it's along the lines of like City Skylines versus Sim City is this other Park Tycoon game and I've seen I've even seen people playing it. Oh. I've
0: Planet Coast. There we go. Founded. Yes. So that game looks like old school theme park kind of and I've almost picked it up but every time I look at the Steam reviews which is a well-reviewed right. game. I mean people like it. However, what people say is that if you like the aesthetic part of putting the park together and that's your main attraction, then it's a great game. But if if you're really into it for the like economy management part of it, that it's kind of weak in that area and that at this point is definitely more what I'm into is trying to, you know, manage those numbers right. or whatever than, than just the aesthetic. So, well, I think that this has been a really fun conversation. I mean, it's just, it's crazy how, how there's so many different aspects to games that you can get caught up into that have nothing to do with the core gameplay loop, but I'm sure we've missed infinite oh, examples. Yeah. That I could probably do a right whole in.
1: series on
0: just these little, because
1: <laughs> they're, there's still valid reasons to play the game. Like if you want to play the Sims because you want to follow one specific Sim or build just the building of of structures. Like there's a lot of people who go into the Sims just to build really cool buildings because it's got an interesting building tool in the game and they don't care Mm. about the Sims that live in those buildings. They don't care about the families or whatever. They just build cool buildings and that's a totally valid reason to play the game.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, I agree. Uh, well, Brett, as always, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for 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 talking with me about this. Um, And guys, this is pick up your sticks. So thanks for listening. Have a good one. Take care. One.